0: everyone, this is David. Welcome back Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only Mr. Perez Hilton. How are you?
1: I am so happy to chat with you and to be here alive, breathing, healthy. <laughs> Healthier than I was earlier this year, that's for sure. I gained forty. Two pounds in three months during the first lockdown. And not only that, I went from drinking alcohol maybe once every three months to drinking it every single day. And I did not handle this all well. But thankfully, I'm now back on my healthy game and I uh, am feeling so much better. And I'm so excited that my book is out now. I I feel like I'm more equipped to handle the stresses of everything happening in life right now. Like homeschooling my kids. I want to pull my hair out. <laughs> it's wild. And it may be like that the entire year. Kids may not end up having had school for a year and a half. It's just mind boggling what we're living
0: through right now. That's crazy. How did you start getting like back in shape? You just had a day of like, because I've gained some weight during quarantine too. So I I think everyone has. You just woke up one day and you're like enough.
1: Well they opened the gyms up again for a small window and I went and then they closed the gyms back. And then I had a full-on meltdown. I'm like, what am I gonna do? I can't regress back again because it'll be how I was and maybe even worse because who knows how long it's going to last. And then I found this Zoom live fitness class, which I've been doing every day and I'm obsessed with. So I, um, I swear by it. And actually, I'm, I, I'm always a hustler, man. And not only that, I, I genuinely have gotten so much out of it. I've hit them up, and I'm trying to see if I can become a partner in the stu- this online fitness studio because I'm going to keep doing this even when the gyms open again because it's cheaper, and it saves me time, and time is money. And I get a really, truly great workout, so I'm all for it. Whatever you do that will work for you, I need a live Person, there's a lot of on demand services. I just know that I would have come up with excuses like, oh, I'll do it later today, or you know, nobody's gonna hold me accountable. I'm I'm gonna sleep in today, but with this one, somebody's expecting me, they're watching me while I work out and correcting me. So it's what I need and and what I've really benefited greatly from. And no, no drinking at all now in months, thankfully. I'm not a big boozer, but you know, this is a wild year.
0: It's a weird year. How does that work with a gym when, like, Perez Hilton reaches out and says, I think I want to invest? Like, that's got to be crazy for them. Yeah,
1: they were excited, so I hope to be wrapping that up soon because I really really have gotten so much positivity and results from this, and I know that it will help people as well, especially because while it is – A great workout. There are ways, and they tell you the instructors how you can level it down if it's a bit too much for you. So they give you alternatives if you are like, Whoa, I can't be doing all that jumping right now. Okay, you can do that instead. So, yeah. Anyways, I I wasn't even planning to talk about all that because it's not not even a done deal.
0: (laughs) I was like, Okay, well, that's I just can imagine on the other end where you get like a DM and you're like, This isn't really Perez Hilton. Like, what the hell is going on? So. That's exciting. All right, so let's talk about. We have lots of stuff to talk about, but let's talk about this book, TMI My Life Scandal. So let's start with the title. How did that come about? And is there ever TMI for Perez Hilton? Uh,
1: So the title was suggested to me by the publisher, and I said, sure, I like it. I'm into it. Um, There is TMI. You know, I am 100% honest. And you can do that and be that without revealing everything. For example, if all of a sudden now I started dating somebody, shocking as this might be, I would keep that private. That doesn't mean I'm being deceitful. If I was asked about it, I wouldn't lie. But I'm not gonna start vlogging all of a sudden about this new boyfriend I have, or talking about it on my podcast. There's so much else that I could talk about with regards to myself, or my opinions on life, or celebrities, or whatever it may be. I I, I do hold some things sacred and cherished, and also, you know, when it comes to certain aspects of my mom's life or my children, uh, you know, people don't need to know everything, even though I share a lot.
0: That makes sense. And as far as the-
1: And I'm not dating anybody, by the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay, I don't need to ask that. That was what I was gonna ask you. Um, okay, so you're single. I would like
1: to, but uh, you know, nobody, the majority of people sliding into my DMs are women. And every once in a while, a gay man will message me. And then 9 out of 10 times, or not even, 9.9 out of 10 times, they don't even live in Los Angeles. So I'm like, whatever.
0: (laughs) I get it. I get it. Yes, I, I would agree with all of that. What about, I mean, this goes back to you working out. Now, what about the cover of this book where, you know, for everyone who hasn't seen it, you're scantily clad. I mean, that is you on the cover?
1: Yeah, that's me. It's not not photoshopped. Um, that photo is very special to me for many reasons. Last year was a very hard year, as is this year. These two years in a row have been quite draining. Uh, last year, as I talk about in the book, my mom was very sick. She had cancer, and she also had... A prolapsed bladder so she had to have multiple operations and was depressed coming out of that and my mother lives with me so when you live with a depressed person that can and did rub off on me and then I started to manifest that darkness in different ways I ended up eating a lot and gained a lot of weight just like I did this year <laughs> and I also went on a lot of vacations. I, I, I wanted to escape but yeah I went on six vacations last year and things got so bad that my sister had to sit me down and said listen you are overspending. You don't have this much money to be spending on all these vacations and not even that like life is a constant evolution and hopefully process of learning and growing and repeating the same mistakes and then hopefully not repeating the same mistakes. And it's, you know, change oftentimes is hard and it doesn't come quickly. Uh, So, you know, my eldest is now seven but in many ways, I was still living a bachelor life, or, or or living in similar ways that I used to when I didn't have kids, like having a personal trainer, which isn't cheap. A personal trainer costs money. So last year, I got rid of my personal trainer as another way to save money as well. And you know, uh, I'm I much, I'm much happier and, and grateful for the struggle of last year and the struggle of this year too because i'm, I'm coming out both years stronger and wiser
0: <laughs> that's good it's almost like i think quarantine has taught a lot of people just you know getting back to basics and like i don't know it's made me realize i have way too many things of certain things and like why do i need all this
1: well it's made me realize that i don't need to leave my house <laughs> right i i leave my house once a week and then i don't leave my house at all it's crazy
0: and do you hate it or just there's secretly a part of you that doesn't mind this
1: i don't mind it to be honest i'm thoroughly busy at home and entertained by my children um I, I think also it's just, I, I've, I've just grown to ex- accept it. You just have to accept it, especially for me. You know, I have to be even safer because my mom is high risk. She's in her late sixties. She's diabetic. She has asthma and I don't want to do anything that would get me sick and then would get her sick.
0: Right. That. That's a good point. I mean, I, I agree. We just have to accept it. I've learned to accept this staying at home.
1: So when Not we... everybody, because a lot, I, I like, right, you know, everybody's, a lot of famous people are still going on vacation and people are throwing parties and going to parties. And it's like, oh, I just wish we had somebody more capable in the White House that would have said, you know what, we're going to do a three or four week nationwide shutdown, and we're gonna nip this in the bud like New Zealand has or other countries that have really effectively tackled coronavirus. But I don't know if that could ever happen in America because people are stubborn and skeptics and conspiracy theorists and they consume all sorts of crazy media and they don't like to believe science and data. That's one of the wildest things that I've observed this year the amount of what I thought was normal people who refuse to believe in science and data. They're like, oh, those numbers are fake. That's not real. I don't trust that doctor. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It's insane. It's
0: a little weird. So getting talking about the book for just i getting back to the book. Now, it seemed to me after reading this that you reveal things, well, at least you've revealed things in this book that you have never really seemed to talk about before. So like, why now? Like, why is now the time for this? I mean, it was written pre-corona. It's about,
1: yeah, it, it's about, well, I wanted to delay the release because I really wanted to have in-person events because it means so much to me that people are excited about the book and wanna pick it up, I would have loved to have done readings and, and signings, but my publisher really wanted to release it in its original release date. So it is what it is. You know, At this point in my career, 16 years in, I've learned to just, you have to go with the flow. And you have to also just say yes. It's one of the amazing things that Joan Rivers did throughout her career. And I think that's one of the reasons why she had such a long career because she basically just said yes to everything. You know, in in her documentary, there's that infamous scene where she said, if you pay me my quote, my rate, I'll, I'll show up at the opening of an envelope or whatever it is. And the same is true for me. Before the, I started working on my autobiography, I actually tried pitching another book. And I was working on that proposal for a while. It was a health and wellness book that nobody wanted to buy. <laughs> so during the process of writing that, these two authors from Sweden hit me up who've done a lot of memoirs and said that they wanted to work with me on mine. And I said, well, I don't I don't know. And I'm already working on this other book that I'm really passionate about. So when that other book didn't happen, I said, well, let me listen to the universe. While I was working on this one, that's not going to go anywhere, I got I, I got interest in doing another book. So let me, but, I, but I, I, um, I was a lot more cautious the second time around because I spent so much time working on the book proposal for my health and wellness book that ended up not getting sold. I told the lovely Swedes, I'll do it, but I'm not spending a ton of time on this book proposal. If you can sell it, great, then I'll give you all the time in the world. Then after we sold it, it was a two year process that was really involved and I'm so proud of it because I just worked so hard and I I know it's good and I almost feel like the book is bigger than me. Like so many different kinds of people can see themselves in this book, whether it be somebody who grew up gay, somebody who grew up in a minority community, the uh, child of immigrants, somebody who grew up fat, uh, somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur, um, somebody who just loves celebrities. Like there's so much to me that, um, that people could see themselves in. And I think the book is, Filled with drama but also some wisdom <laughs> and um and and uh, a lot of love was there a
0: conscious decision to like leave anything out like you said with getting back to tmi were you just like let's just put it all in there
1: no i mean i put it all in there my publisher did um tweak a couple of things just because they don't want to get sued (laughs) and it's nothing major like I think I mentioned how much I got paid for Celebrity Big Brother in the UK and they were worried about revealing that number because that might violate a confidentiality agreement that they had me sign and blah 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 but I told them That show's not even on the air anymore. They're not going to sue you. (laughs) Yeah. Were you a huge Joan Rivers fan since you brought her up? Yes. Joan Rivers was, I I had the pleasure of working with her multiple times. And every time she would always send me home with jewelry for my mother. That's just the kind of person that she was. She was so generous, so kind. I did um, her reality show with Melissa twice, two seasons. It was the best
0: show. It was the best show.
1: And I also did her web show, the In Bed with with Joan as well. Um, Just to get her sign of approval meant the world to me because she really was such an inspiration to me and continues to be. You know, I talk about in the book, I... Was an it girl back in the day, and I was hanging out with my fellow it girls. I'm not an it girl anymore just because I'm closer to 50 than I am 20. I'm, I'm 43 almost, I'm, I'm gonna be t- turning 43 in March. Uh, but for a while there, even though I think I always was grounded when you are going through that it girl phase, it's, you drink the Kool-Aid. And my vision was almost myopic. I had tunnel vision. For a few years there, I was actually saying no to a lot of things. Oh, that's lame. That's not good for my brand. I don't like that opportunity. And I was just laser focused with getting a talk show. That's all I wanted. I want a talk show. I deserve a talk show. Why don't I have a talk show? I even partnered with one of the former executive producers of the Oprah Winfrey show. And Oprah is like Jesus to me. And even with that EP attached, we couldn't sell a show. And then Joan died a few years ago now. It was... Six it years. was
0: No, Six it years. was longer.
1: I think she died in the fall of 2013 so it was seven years ago Oh, yeah seven years ago i believe um no 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 you're right six years ago
0: i only yeah. know because i sat down with melissa rivers like this right. a few weeks ago and she said six
1: i wasn't gonna right. correct you you're, you're right you're right okay. you're right it was it was in 2014 i was close i was off by one year It was you, the fall you were very t- close the reason i remember now is because it was around the the night was around it was during my 10 year anniversary. So Joan died, and then I also just was doing a lot of reflection because, wow, I've been doing what I do at that point for 10 years. Now it's 16 years. And I really, you know, was trying to envision my future. And Joan's death and reflecting on her career really pushed me to make changes in my own, meaning I stopped judging the work. And also, Having children changed things too. As I talk about in my book, I've made a lot of mistakes in my past, including financial mistakes. As a result of that, I don't have F-U money in the bank. I have to work for a living. Like most people, I'm an average person who just happens to be the first influencer. Um, So this, this necessity to earn and not having a few money I think actually really helped Joan in her career and will really help me too to maintain relevancy because the only way to maintain relevancy is by working and by having that insane work ethic by, and by saying yes to, to more things. You know, Joan did everything. She was a comic, she was a director, a writer. She sold jewelry, she did red carpet stuff, she did reality television. She did it all. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. because she didn't judge the work. She just wanted the paycheck and she just wanted to be on TV. Same with me. I am a whore for a dollar. I will do anything. Sometimes I'll even do things and not get paid because I know the value and importance of being on TV or doing a good hit. Like uh, the year before last, I was on the hills. And they didn't pay me for that, but I agreed to do it for free anyways, because I saw value in doing that.
0: I agree with all of that. Um, And The Hills is great, and you were great on it when you were on it, and it's coming back for season two. Do you want to do more TV? Like, is that something you want to do?
1: It's still a huge goal and dream of mine. However, I've learned the hard way You can't have all your eggs in one basket and you can't just hope that a TV show is going to make your life so much better because that TV show may never happen. So only within the last month have I gotten a new manager that I'm so happy to be working with because his focus, his area of expertise is really building and growing businesses. And that's what I want to be doing, diversifying my portfolio and creating entities that are bigger than Perez Hilton and that don't have my name attached to it. And things that are organic and true to my life. For example, that Zoom fitness thing. Like after the, after the first class, I had a light bulb go off. No, not the first class, the second class. It took me two times doing it. And two different two, two different instructors. I was like, I need to be a part of this somehow. And then I had I started getting all these other ideas of things that I could be doing to help people and make some money along the way too. Don't get it twisted. I want to do that, but absolutely, you know, I've done a ton of television over the last sixteen years, both as myself uh, and as an actor and um, in reality. But I've never found a permanent home on TV. And that's something that I would love because I thoroughly enjoy doing television and I'm good at it.
0: Do you think that's a big misconception of you? Is that like you do have fuck you money? Like, do you
1: think most people think that? Yeah, because Google says I'm worth $30 million. It I does. wish. It does say that. Oh my God, if I was worth $30 million, do you think I'd be working as hard as I do? No. Oh my God! If you are worth thirty million dollars, that means you're making at the minimum, what three hundred thousand plus a year just on interest. You don't have to do anything. I was. I mean, to- yeah, it- I I I had to spend so much money on legal bills during the early part of my career that wasted millions of dollars. I had three children through surrogacy, which is also ridiculously expensive. And my three kids through surrogacy, that whole process, probably close to a million dollars. And I support my mom and my sister as well, who works with me. So I have a, as they say, high cost of operating, high operating costs or a high cost of living. Um, So, uh, I definitely am trying to find ways to continually spend less and save more because that's very important. But yeah, you know, a TV show would be wonderful. I I would love that. Not only would it be great for my career, but a TV show would be great for my dating life. (laughs) Kind of, right? It would because most gay men hate me. They don't even just dislike me. They hate me. However, great success is a magic elixir that cures all. Even better than a talk show or reality show, like if I were to book a sitcom that would be a massive pop culture, global sensation, huge ratings sitcom, if I was a star of that sitcom, that would, it it would just, people would almost like forget about everything. And like, Got Tons of guys would be sliding into my DMs and life would be even better than it is now. But life is good. And listen, I, I have a lot of baggage, but everybody does. Mine just happens to be a lot more public than most. And while my baggage is heavy and I carry around deep shame and regret, I also am incredibly grateful for Perez Hilton and for the life that I live, for being able to have my children and being able to support my mother. And, you know, it's nice to be able to get free tickets to concerts and things like that.
0: (laughs) And seats at restaurants, I would assume, that
1: are before I don't eat out that often, even during normal times, but I do love going to see concerts and theater.
0: Well, with all these perks, so you start the book with this quote, which is a quote I personally relate to, but what do you mean by, you know, no matter how much of an insider you become, you'll always feel like an outsider?
1: Meaning, people don't just dislike me, they hate me. And that makes many things very difficult. For example, no matter how much of an insider I become, I'm still an outsider, I still get rejected by a lot of brands for not being brand friendly. They don't want to work with me. They don't want to give me that money to do an Instagram post or a TikTok or whatever. Um, And that's also probably one of the reasons why I don't have a TV show, because networks are afraid, probably, to hire me in some ongoing full-time capacity. And I guarantee you this, you know, this is a trend that we've seen this year explode. You know, cancel culture has always been a thing. But what I'm seeing more and more of is people getting canceled over things that they did a long time ago. And that we know they did a long time ago. Things that weren't a secret for example, you know, you you love your reality TV and Stassi and that other girl from Vanderpump Rules were fired over something that happened many years ago that everybody involved with Vanderpump Rules and Bravo knew about and kept them on the show for years after that, but only got fired now. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm not saying what they did was right, but... These people were aware of it. Why not fire her back then? Like, it just makes no sense. So if I were to get a TV show, I guarantee you everybody and their mother would start pulling out old blog posts and receipts of things that I wrote and said in 2006. Look at what he said in 2007. Look at what he wrote in 2005. Look at what he did in 2008. Um, That was 12 years ago. You want to cancel me for something I did over a decade ago? But yes, that would happen a thousand percent. It also happened to this YouTuber, Shane Dawson, not that long ago, where mistakes that he's already apologized for and behavior that he no longer does, he had another reckoning yet again. You know, it seems like We live in this society that is so quick to cancel and so quick to judge, but not willing to forgive or let people grow and be better and do better.
0: And you're convinced you'd be canceled if you got a sitcom?
1: No, I'm convinced that people would try. That's why I would need to be proactive. And if I got lucky enough to get one, I would, you know, I would definitely tell the network, are you sure you want to do this? Because people are going to try to cancel me.
0: I've said that, I say that on this show all the time. Like if I ever got a reality show, I would, not that I have anything to hide, I would hire a private investigator and I would want to know every single thing out there that you can find on me. Cause it's just like, know what you're dealing with.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So speaking about, you know, in your book, you talk a lot about like celebrities, like I know one of the first celebrities that you met was Gloria Estefan. Tell me about that. When you were six years old, I think.
1: I didn't meet her at six, but I went to her concert when I was six. It was at the Dade County Auditorium in Miami. And my parents took me. I grew up always listening to her music because I'm From Miami and my parents were Cuban and Gloria's Cuban so she was just a part of our home and for the on this is back in the day it was 1984 and back in the day some people still do this though by the way I saw Barbara Streisand in concert and she still does this because she's old school but some people still and many more people back in the day at concerts used to have intermission I remember this at six, like I still remember the concert so vividly. Um, she did the intermission, she did the first act, the second act for the encore. It was time to do conga, which is the big hit at the time. And she asked anybody who wanted to come up on stage to do the conga with her to go up. And at six, I went running up there by myself because my parents did not want to go with me. And it was that moment on stage with Gloria Stefan that I knew, I was different. And I also knew that different was special and awesome.
0: And now she's one of your friends.
1: Yes, she is. I mean, I wouldn't call her. She is a a very good acquaintance um, and dear to me. She's, she's like family. But I wouldn't say I call her my friend because I'm not texting her uh, and uh, hanging out. But... Uh, I'll see her every once in a while, and she's always so lovely. And way
0: back in the day, you tried to become an actor before you became... How was that? I mean, I imagine that was not easy for anyone. It wasn't,
1: it wasn't easy, especially for me, because my real name isn't Perez Hilton. It's Mario Lavandera, And at the time that I was working as an actor i made the choice to keep my real name which maybe if i had never given up acting and perez never happened i might have changed my name but i ended up changing my name anyways and perez hilton was born Um, but at the time you know you have somebody like me in 2000 2001 2002 2003 2004 coming into the room to read for a Latino part, they're not going to cast me for a Latino because I don't look what most Americans think a Latino looks like. I am a white Latino. Um, and there are a lot of white Latinos out there, like Gloria Estefan or like Ricky Martin or Cristina Saralegui, the the, the, the former iconic Latin Oprah, as she used to be called, who had blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, but I never made it as an actor. However, I'm still serving up the drama. <laughs> and my acting skills definitely helped me throughout the years, both with my website and my podcast and in acting and in everything that I do. You know, things have changed so much over the last 16 years success or fame is a lot more attainable now to the average everyday person because of social media. However, if you take one of these influencers from TikTok that are pretty and will do a silly dance and aren't even that great of a dancer or whatever, and you want them to do something more there's not much more there. They may not have the personality to back it. They may have just gotten lucky or they're just cute or sexy or whatever it is. You know, my training and my skills and my Cuban work ethic has really helped me consistently. Because like I said, you could luck your way into success now because of social media, but you will not be able to sustain success without the work ethic, without putting in the hours. Look at Jennifer Lopez. That woman still hustles so hard. She puts in the hours. That's why she's still so successful.
0: I would agree with that. I'm not sure all these kids that are starting out would agree with that. But I They're not going to be around.
1: They're not going to be around in five years or three years. In fact, the shelf life of an influencer keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. You know, back in the day, you know, like you would look at the the YouTubers and the YouTuber could get a good run of three to four years. But now these Instagram people or these TikTok stars, two years max when they're hot or relevant or cared about, then they're engagement and views and everything falls off the cliff.
0: That's true. So when you started Perez Hilton, from what I remember, like one of the first things that kind of put you on the map, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, was like Brad and Angelina. I mean, was that really what did it for you? I mean, you talk about that in the book as well.
1: Absolutely. That was a huge moment for my website. I was the first outlet in the world to share the official photos of Brad and Angelina as a couple. I outscooped everybody. And it was such an exciting day because it was first I broke the news that they were on vacation together. And that got a ton of attention because things used to work so differently back in 2005 when that happened. If a Celebrity Weekly had a huge scoop like that, they could hold on to it for three, four, five days without it getting out. But now, if there's a huge scoop, it's really hard to keep huge scoops private. In fact, the celebrity weeklies don't even break news anymore. They What they do with the magazines is totally different. It's more of just like profiles and in depth and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I also nicknamed them Brangelina. That's why. Brad and Angelina will always have a very special place in my heart. And why I actually cried when they broke up.
0: Right, I mean, it was you who came up with this. I mean, and I don't know if there were names before that, but I don't remember any. Like, Brangelina is the first name. I mean, now it's every couple has a name.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, so is that really when you, was that the big break? Was that when you were like, Perez Hilton has exploded as like a site?
1: I mean, there was, I also had another big break a few months before that. That happened in May of 2005. And then in February of 2005, I was on this TV show that doesn't exist anymore. Like, that's just insane to me. I have outlasted so many of my peers and TV shows and magazines that don't even exist anymore, but I'm still here. God bless. Thank God. Because honestly, I don't know what else I would do. I don't know if I could get a normal job. But like, what else would I do?
0: I mean, I think uh, at this point, you're too well known to go get a real job. I don't
1: know. Yeah. So I was on this TV show called The Insider, rest in peace. It used to be the sister show for Entertainment Tonight. And in February of 2005, they did this segment on Hollywood's most hated websites. And they asked me to be a part of that. And they said, how would you feel if we named you number one, the most hated? And I said, well, I think people enjoy it, but if you're gonna make me number one, absolutely. I'd rather be number one, the most hated in Hollywood than number five or number four. Even the girl who interviewed me, she doesn't have a career anymore. Ananda Lewis, remember her? Ananda Lewis, she used to be an MTV VJ and then she even had her own uh, talk show.
0: Interesting. I, I, I yeah. definitely remember The Insider. I remember yeah. that.
1: Ananda Lewis. I, I, I think I follow her on Instagram. I think she's like, she rebranded it and is now fixing up homes. Interesting. <laughs> so no. also,
0: also in the book you talk about you were friends with Amanda Bynes in the early stages of her career. Like, what do you think of Amanda Bynes today?
1: I, I I, don't even know what I think because I feel so fortunate that my mental health struggles have been mild in comparison to hers. Yes, I've suffered from depression. Yes, I still suffer from severe anxiety that comes and goes. And also, I've realized I... I I maybe had it always, but it's become glaringly obvious that I have OCD as well. (laughs) Um, But I'm not bipolar. Even though I once went to a doctor when I was depressed and didn't have health insurance, I went to this free health clinic at the now-closed St. Vincent's Hospital in the West Village, and this woman that I met only once said that I was bipolar. I'm like, what? I just knew she wasn't right how is that even legal? How do you know somebody's bipolar without giving them any tests, without only hearing them talk, and with only meeting them once? But I was in a really dark place, so I believed her, and I took medication, and it was not for me. I felt like I was a zombie. It made me worse. I was not for it. Um, So, I don't know. I don't know what... Better ever will be for Amanda Bynes. But I do hope she gets better. I think a life away from Los Angeles would be very good for her. But I don't know if she wants to leave here. This is all she's known for so long. But even if she just moved to like where Pink lives now, Pink lives in wine country in Santa Barbara, in Santa Inez, which I visited uh, uh, last year when my mom was very sick. And it is gorgeous there. And it's such a small town. And she would be treated like a normal person there. They would forget that she was this famous person. And they would treat her with kindness and respect and like a normal person. And she could live a normal life there. And the paparazzi are not going there because it's so far away. She could just live. But I don't know. I wish her well. And and um, I wish Kanye well. Like that, It's so hard because so many people outside of the situation have opinions. I have an opinion. You have an opinion. You know, on my own podcast, we were talking about Kanye recently in my co-host said it's okay you can call him crazy and I said no I don't want to call him crazy that doesn't feel right to me he's clearly struggling with his mental health and then my a-hole of a co-host said oh I think a lot of what he's doing is just for attention and I said no I don't think Kanye is just attention seeking I think he's truly unwell as his wife said um but it really is so wild because Amanda has confirmed this, and I've done my reading on it. Some people with underlying mental health issues, marijuana could trigger that if you dr- if you smoke it every day and a lot, and that is what triggered everything for Amanda Bynes. It was marijuana. I'm sure she did other things, too, but it was the, mar- the copious and daily, the chronic marijuana use that, for her, was really bad.
0: Interesting. What about Paris Hilton? You guys were first spotted at Cannes Film Festival together. Tell me about her. I mean, I, she's one of the queens, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, she was the first, really, before there was a, par- uh, a Kim, there was a Paris, and Paris really made Kim. I talk about that in my book, too. So yeah. many people think that it was the sex tape that made Kim. Nobody would have cared about the Kim sex tape if she hadn't become Paris Hilton's bestie, traveling all over the world with her, photographed with her, um... So she owes, and even Kim herself has said that Kim has acknowledged that she owes her career to Paris. Um, Paris is forever. She, she, she may not be an it girl anymore either. She may not be hot anymore, but she's still Paris Hilton. Do you agree I think with that? She, I think that she is comfortable with that now. If she wanted more attention and fame, she could get it, but she doesn't want it. You know, I've told her repeatedly, you should join the Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she says that she does not want to. If she wanted to be on the Housewives of Beverly Hills, it would make so much sense, her aunts are on the show, Kyle and Kim, well, I don't know if Kim's still on, but Kyle is, and we know that Bravo would say yes in a heartbeat to Paris Hilton on The Housewives of Beverly Hills, and she would be great on the show, but she doesn't want to do it. She, you know, is wanting to be viewed as this businesswoman and doing different things, but what she just doesn't accept, understand is that being on that show would be good for her business. It would help her brand and her businesses so much.
0: Do you still talk to her like regularly? Regularly, yes. And you've you've told her multiple times she should be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills?
1: Yes. (laughs) I even told her mother. I ran into uh, Kathy Hilton, not that long ago. And I said that they should both be on. I said that she and Paris should yeah. be on. Kathy doesn't want to do it either. That's what I said. When you've got your FU money in the bank, you can do whatever you want. And Paris has her FU money in the bank and so does her mother.
0: <laughs> I would agree. They would both be great on it. And that. what do you think about people who say like, well, like Kim's career, you know, is so much bigger than Paris is now. It is.
1: (laughs) It's bigger than Paris's ever was. You know, Paris was hot. But she only ever got to the B-plus list. Kim managed to get all the way to the A-minus list. Maybe even solid A. Not A-plus, but solid A or A-minus. I mean, she's... Been on the cover of American Vogue, she co-hosted the Met Gala with Anna Wintour. She's got a business, or businesses, plural, that make so much money, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Paris saturated the media and was everywhere, but even at her highest height, it pales in comparison to what Kim has been able to achieve. And that is for a few reasons. One, Kanye West really elevated Kim Kardashian, and not just elevated her, saved her. Because when Kanye got together with Kim, she, her brand, her family, and the show was at a real down point. It was right after the marriage to Chris Humphreys. People did not like her. It was such a different time. She wasn't invited places. Designers wouldn't lend her clothes. Kanye gave her clout, gave her cachet, gave her credibility, respectability, and made her just like Paris made her initially. He then remade her. And it's funny how things have turned now because now in 2020, Kim Kardashian is a much bigger, more relevant, and higher earning star than Kanye West.
0: Yeah, it's strange. Thanks for tuning in to part one of our sit down with Perez Hilton. And stay tuned for part two where we get into it. We talk about Gaga, Rihanna, Beyonce, Madonna, tune in to part two of our sit down with the icon Perez Hilton coming soon thanks for listening to yet another episode of behind the velvet rope because without you listeners i would just be a crazy person with voices in my head and if you like what you hear